Well, hey there, all you cool cats and kittens. Um, all right, if you haven't seen Tiger King, you've got to go watch it. It is absolutely nuts. If you think that in this world right now of coronavirus craziness, that things couldn't get much crazier, just go watch this documentary or series of documentaries and see how crazy people really are in the world. Every single episode, everything that happens, you're like, wait, how can it get any crazier? Oh, okay, yeah, it's just gotten crazier. <clears throat> Anyways, total rant. Um, on today's episode, we talk with Dave McMullen. Uh, Dave is a coach at Teton CrossFit. Um, he's a precision nutrition level one, uh, CrossFit level one. He has extensive experience in coaching. Uh, he's going into public health. And uh, he's just a genuinely good dude, fun to talk to, uh, fun to learn from. So hope you guys can get uh, a lot from today's episode. I, I, I really like his common sense approach to things that he teaches, whether that comes to, you know, comes down to fitness or uh, nutrition and health. And, um, you know, Dave, Dave's been on both sides of it. He's been... Um, He's been on the on the weight loss side and he's been on the strength gain side. And so he has some personal experience that he's able to give to us through this podcast. It's pretty good stuff. If you like it, please give us a good review on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you're listening to this. And uh, as always, if you guys need anything, please give us a shout out. If you know so someone who wants to be on the podcast, kind of um, get some exposure in, in that regard. Uh, we'll make it happen, and like I said, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Bringing health, wellness, and fitness ideas right to your speakers with your host, Tyler Martin, learning from experts and average Joes alike. This is the Cracking Fitness Podcast. All right, it's happening. It's going. It's happening right now. How's that uh, rain inferno? Uh, dude, he's the best because I'm basic and I love fruit punch, and fruit punch that's carbonated is even better. So that's what it tastes like. Yeah, you haven't had one? Uh, no. You didn't have one. You want some? What about the jalapeno one? Have you tried that's, that? That's a little weird. Is it? My brother it, said it was weird. <laughs> it tastes like uh, uh, like a jalapeno, like a that's, sweet pepper <laughs> turned into a liquid. A sweet pepper. Okay. Yeah, Shan wasn't down with that, so I'll have to try it. Well, I'm excited about today. This is going to be good. Yeah. We've been talking about doing this for months. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, for everyone who doesn't know you, mm. which might be a decent amount of the world, <laughs> but now they know you, um, tell us about yourself. Uh, yeah, so my name's Dave McMullen. Um, I'm 36 years old. And, uh, um, so you're, you're a fitness coach? Yeah, so I'm a CrossFit coach here at Teton CrossFit. Um, my road to this point has been kind of strange. So after high school, um, was in the Philippines for a couple years, came back, actually joined the Army or National Guard at the time. Um, and did that for a while, but, you know, Weight is something I've always struggled with, had a hard problem with, and eventually that led to not being battle ready or combat ready or whatever you want to call it for the military, and uh, was put on inactive reserve, which was not a great time in my life. But since then, um, eventually found CrossFit, uh, really fell in love with it, and lost a bunch of weight, moved up here to Rexburg, or to Ryrie actually, um, took a... A break from CrossFit, which was not what I wanted to do, but it kind of was just what happened with everything that was going on. Gained a bunch of weight back, been back at CrossFit for a couple of years now, and you know, been getting back to where I need to be in a yeah. healthier way. So. Yeah. So, because you had lost like a hundred and something pounds, right? Well, at my heaviest, um, or at least the heaviest that I knew about, I was 425 pounds. So I did. Well, just basically doing CrossFit and cleaning up a couple things, not just eating everything. I probably lost a good, maybe 50, 50 or 60 pounds just from that. And then from there, I did like hardcore keto for about, <clears throat> gosh, a year and a half or so and got down to like two, 
I can't remember my lowest weight. It was around 260, though. Yeah. So just about like 170, 160 pounds or so. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, so you'd said like now you're doing it in kind of more of a healthy way. So yeah. what, what do you mean by that? Well, so I think I think we all fall victim. We don't know anything about nutrition or healthy habits. We fall victim to the the fad mentality. Like we're on Instagram all the time. We're on Facebook all the time. Especially keto right now, which it was getting big back when I was doing it. Now it's just, it just seems like it's everywhere, right? And I think we all fall victim for that quick fix. It's like, hey, you're going to lose 10 pounds in a week, that kind of thing. But what they don't tell you is, well, yeah, you're using, losing 10 pounds because your body is shedding water because con you're consuming carbohydrates, which your body needs the yep. water to break down the carbohydrates. So it's like, oh, great, I lost 10 pounds, but a very small portion of that is actually fat. So I fell victim to that, as a lot of people do. And the problem with that is that it's just not sustainable. So, so really, if you can't envision yourself doing that, that way of eating your entire life, you're really wasting your time, right? Because the studies show that 95% of people will gain all the weight back within five years and a and lot will be more. Then, so, yeah. yeah. So, so it's just not, I mean, even, even if you said that number wasn't, accurate yeah even if you said 50 percent, well those aren't great odds right so 50 percent chance you're going to gain all the weight back and then some yeah you know so it's just not good so what i've been doing now and for probably the last i don't know six months eight months is focusing more on i guess you'd call it like a, a, a macros approach right but in reality all it is is just i make sure my protein is where it needs to be. My calories are in a, a deficit to lose weight. And then the rest of the stuff I just fill up with whatever I want, right? And for some that, you know, you might say, well, you know, are you getting enough XYZ, like uh, like vegetables and whatever else? And probably not, right? But to me, there's a huge difference between something that's sustainable and then becoming optimal. And those things are not concrete forever, right? Yeah. Because what is sustainable for me now, which may not have as much vegetables or whatever as I would like, may become the sustainable thing as I get more into building the healthier habits of monitoring what I'm doing. Yes, I did not uh, silence my computer. <laughs> no, well, and that's the nice thing is it, it can be fluid, right? So, I mean, if you hadn't have, have done keto and had lost a ton of weight on that, then at this point right now, you might be like, hey, keto is what I need to do. But there are also other people that are in their journey that keto is their answer. Yeah. You know, and so it, it makes it tough because like, like you said with Instagram, I mean, there's people on there that are like, you know, donuts will kill you. And then others that are like, I went on a donut only diet and I lost <laughs> weight. And others that are macros and some that are keto and some that are carnivore and I mean, it just like the list goes on and on, but it, do you think it just comes down to sustainability? Yeah, absolutely. So when I first came back to CrossFit, um, I can't even remember. I think it was about a year and a half ago. I I first said, okay, like, oh, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do keto again. You know, I'm gonna do keto. I'm gonna do carnivore. I'm gonna do like long fasting. I was basically trying every current fad that was in existence, and. It just All was at the same not. Time. <laughs> yeah. Well, in some cases, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's crazy to think, look back, and be like, "Gosh, I can't believe I was doing that." But that stuff I saw was working for people online, and I'm like, "Yeah, that'll be great." But I found out very quickly that it just wasn't it wasn't going to work anymore for me. And maybe it was the headspace I was in. And that's the thing, like like we're saying, like it didn't. It's never concrete. Whatever you're, what is working for you now is not going to work for you forever necessarily, and. And yes, we want to find that thing that we can sustain our whole lives, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it won't shift and evolve as you go. I think the biggest problem is when you get into a mindset of this is the only thing that's going to work and nothing else is ever going to work for me because that just creates this horrible relationship with food where it's like, if, for example, if you're eating keto and even when I was eating keto hardcore, you know, at 260 pounds, like I was feeling great, looking great. I would eat 
maybe 1,800 calories from Monday to Friday of keto, and I would mainly eat between waking up and noon and intermittent fast the rest of the day. Yeah. And it was fine. It worked. But, and this is like, <laughs> my wife can tell you about it. On Saturday and Sunday, it was like, all right, it's, it's time, time to go, go baby. <laughs> let's go. So it was like, it was just binging for two days straight. Yeah. And that is something that has created such poor habits that I still struggle with that today, even though I allow myself to eat, you know, quote, whatever I want in more moderate portions. So, yeah, I just, I just think that that mentality, it gets you into this space where you don't realize the long-term damage you might be doing by restricting yourself so much, only giving yourself a tiny amount of options or this little this little bubble to live in and not allowing yourself to be more free and, and live, right? That's like a metaphor to quarantine right now. Yes. <laughs> Get out of the bubble, people. <laughs> You're stuck in your space. There's only a limited amount of things you can do, and it is going to ruin our future. Yeah, exactly. Uh. Anyway, okay. That's for another podcast. That's right. No, I just, um, it's been fun to watch you over the years and just see how you've tried things and things have worked. And I mean, maybe to an extent you've been a little hard on yourself about some stuff, but then you've also let it go. And now you've found what is working for you mm-hmm. and you're open to letting that change. I just, I just, uh, like, I think that's great. And I admire that. And I, like, I wish other people could see the long view. Cause mm-hmm. that's really what this ends up being is, yeah we can't quick fix everything. I mean, if you go on a carnivore diet, you're going to lose 10 pounds in a week. It's just what's going to happen. Yeah. But then what, you know, can you eat meat for the rest of your life? Yeah. And people don't seem to realize about carnivore, for example, I mean, I'm not, I'm not doubting maybe some of the benefits for autoimmune things that are going on. But remember, it's an elimination diet. So you're taking everything out except meat. So you don't know what, what of those things you eliminated might've been the problem. Yeah, but um, I think that that as far as that long term approach goes, is people need to find, and it's so hard. They need to find a way to be patient because most of the world that's going—well, I shouldn't say most—but a lot of the world that's going to the gym, trying to eat healthier, they're trying to lose weight, right? They want to look better yeah. naked, and the thing is, is the person who is like ten percent body fat who's trying to get to eight, seven, six percent. They still feel like, you know, that they they don't look as good as they should. And I'm thinking these guys look great, you know, like yeah. it's insane. But like patience is such an important virtue to have when you're trying to make these big life changes because many of many of us who are overweight have spent years, in some cases decades, reinstilling and and strengthening these bad habits that we're trying to overcome. So if we're not patient with ourselves, like we're going to look at one or two days of eating, you know, going off the rails and eating cookie dough for 48 hours, <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like this huge thing that's going to destroy the rest of our future. I mean, if you look at it right now, um, in Idaho, we're in a, uh, 21 day quarantine, soft quarantine, right? Yeah. Um, and the joke on the internet has been like, oh, you know, pre-quarantine body versus post-quarantine body. And it's like, even that idea where it's like, look, this is three weeks of your life. Yeah. Even if you went nuts and had, you know, 5,000 calories over maintenance for three weeks, yeah, you're going to gain like 10, 15 pounds. But that is such a small time frame yeah. in the big window of trying to meet your goals. So Yeah, and... When most people gain their weight from Thanksgiving through New Year's, Mm -hmm. because that's over that long period of time, and then they're trying the rest of the year to get rid of it, you know, it's, uh, the the mindset's an interesting one, and just, you had said, talking kind of self-image, I know people who get gastric bypass or the lap band in the United States, they actually, I believe they require counseling. Mm. Because a lot of times, you know, the bigger, the bigger individual will get this done and then they get down to a good weight and they still don't feel good about themselves. Mm-hmm. But then there are also large people that just feel good about themselves. And so that 
that that that's a big part of it. Like yeah. the self confidence in in the entire process. Mm-hmm. So how like have you mentally changed anything in that? Like as far as yeah, I think you're a pretty uh, confident individual outward. You know, your outward <laughs> appearance is pretty confident. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like the tale of two, tale of two Daves or whatever. So I mean, I come across as pretty confident, you know, when I'm coaching a class or talking to people. Like, um, but I've been a big guy most of my life. So being big has never been like. I, I guess I found a way to like deal with that and cope with it, and that's about like being funny being more outgoing, even though like maybe when I go home, I look in the mirror and I'm just like, like pissed at myself or something, you know, and I'm not saying I'm like self-loathing, but, but, you know, obviously there's things that I look at and I'm like, man, I wish that looked better. And interestingly, uh, kind of like what you said, when I was my, my, uh, thinnest or lightest of my adult life, right. Which was a couple years ago when I was like 260 pounds. I mean, I was performing well in the gym, you know, I was like, you know, quote, beating people in CrossFit that I really felt like, oh, I shouldn't be like faster or stronger or better than this person. But even with all that, I still had like this like loose skin, right? Every big person who's on a weight is probably going to have some kind of loose skin. And I would just, I would just look in the mirror or look at pictures, especially because pictures are always the worst. Like when you're big, you try to avoid any picture being taken of you at any time whatsoever and if there has to be one you're like trying to like mitigate your like fat rolls by like having people on your sides oh it's it's ridiculous but it's true yeah and uh (laughs) but i used to do a lot of competitions and they'd always be taking pictures of you you know because they put on their facebook and i would just think like like man you know i'm putting in all this work like i'm working out five or six days a week at crossfit I'm eating super good at least five days of the week. And I'd look at this picture and I'd be like, I don't look like that doesn't, that's not a representation of what I'm actually putting into it. And I think that's very real. And that's, I think that's part of the mindset process is you need to understand that first off, yes, you're not going to get there in a week or a month or two months. It's probably going to take years. And secondly, what you think you're going to look like and your ideal image of yourself you will likely never reach if you're losing a lot of weight because you're talking about factors that are out of your control at this point. And that's perhaps the biggest thing is, is understanding that there are things that you can impact in your life and there are things that you can't impact. And spending time, resources, brain power, worrying about things you can't impact is just a waste of time. Yeah, that makes sense. Which I think a lot of people are learning right now. Yeah. You know, in this, whether it's businesses being closed down or can't go to the park or whatever, like there's just certain things that are out of your control. And it's interesting to see how that can impact the brain. Like maybe talking too much about myself here, but for example, our business is being shut, like our business is shut down by the state. It's weird because people are like, you doing okay? Are you... Well, yeah, because there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. If there is something I can do about it, then then that's completely different. And so as far as myself and like body image and weight and strength and all of that, like it's easy to get down because I know that it's in my control and I'm not <laughs> letting it happen. Yeah. And even even looking back at pictures of me, you know, five years ago when I was probably at my, my absolute fittest. I look at the pictures and like, dang, that looks good. But I didn't feel good at the time. Yeah. I didn't feel like I was where I wanted to be. And now I still also feel like I'm not where I want to be, but I can see a huge difference. And I definitely have more body fat now mm-hmm. than I did at that time. I also have more muscle now than I did at that time, yet I feel the exact same <laughs> as I did you know, back yeah. then. So it's just it's weird. It's a... Uh, and that just kind of goes into how deep all of this is, you know, like the podcast cracking fitness. Well, there's a lot that goes into fitness yeah. and health and wellness. Mm-hmm. It's way deeper than just eating right and working out every day. Yeah, exactly. I think too, as, as people, but especially as CrossFitters, for those of you who do CrossFit who are listening, we're always, we're always chasing something that we can't attain, right? 
because we're always chasing a PR. We're always chasing a better time on our Fran or whatever benchmark we happen to be doing. Well, that's great for like the first few years of CrossFit. But eventually those PRs, especially like lifting PRs, like strength, like you just hopefully once a year you'll PR, but it's like you're always chasing that thing. And at some point it almost becomes like an exercise of futility where you're just like, you like, you know, you're, you're doing some heavy back squats and you haven't PR'd in like six months and you're just like, why am I doing this? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. You can almost see the mindset shift in people though to where it's like, dang it, I'm not doing better. I'm not doing better. And then it's like, okay, I haven't been doing better for a few years. I'm going to focus on wellness now. Mm-hmm. And that's probably a very healthy mind shift. Yeah. To like, hey, I don't need to be stronger every day. I don't need to be faster every day. Because it, it's like it shifts from the short term to the long term of, I actually want to live to be 95 and not in the nursing home. Yeah. Which comes right back to what you were saying with longevity in, in whatever diet you've chosen. Yeah. Or training for the zombie apocalypse. Yes. It's important to be ready for that. Yeah. Like, I love people, but in a way, I'm like, this COVID-19 stuff sucks. Like, I was wanting the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> I was getting... I was getting strapped, man. I'm ready. Let's yeah. go. I don't want people to die, but if, I mean, if they're going to die, at least turn into a zombie. <laughs> oh, man. It is crazy. And the thing is, like, it doesn't mean it doesn't, if you can't control it, it doesn't mean it doesn't suck. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like the gym being closed, your gym, the gym that I coach you being closed, it sucks. Like, yeah. you miss people, you miss revenue, you yeah. do. And it's like, but at the same time, like you're saying, like, what, what are you going to do about it, you know? Yeah. And it's such, it's such a weird time because there, how many people have said, I just don't have time. I just yeah. don't have time to work out. <laughs> and now yeah. they're binge watching Netflix all day long. And I'm not like saying this to people, like I'm saying it to myself, like I'll find myself at home. I'm like, right now is a great time that I could actually be working on the yard or I could be working on better positioning in air squats or whatever. But Joe Exotic is calling Joe me, Exotic is just so, so good. Did you see Trump's yesterday? Mm-hmm. The, so funny. I can't believe the reporter asked that. Middle of the coronavirus briefing. And this guy's like shaking. It's, it's like he's nervous and he lost a bet. And he's like, uh, I gotta ask the person. Is that what happened? He lost no, a bet? I have no idea. Oh, okay. That'd be, that'd be even funnier. So in the middle of this, he's asking the president about Joe Exotic. And... It was amazing, and I loved it, and I wish more reporting was like that. He said he'd look into it, so hopefully uh, we'll get a uh, a pardon. You know why we're all uh, we have a tough time with fat loss and and health and wellness? Hmm. Freaking Carol Baskin. Man, I hate it's that. It's her fault. I hate that woman. <laughs> She's guilty. She killed her husband. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, ridiculous. It's stuff like that. So the world's going on, and you're like, how can the global economy collapse instantly? And then you watch this, and you're like, how are we not in a worse place? If people like Joe Exotic (laughs) and Carol Baskin exist, (laughs) how is the world even doing as well as it is? Hey, you know, who knows? (laughs) Who knows? It's wild. (laughs) Um, So, like, what what kind of advice would you give to people? Because... Honestly, most people that are listening to this are, are probably people that are in, in a place where they're wanting to lose body fat or they're wanting to, to look, quote, better mm-hmm. uh, in a bathing suit or whatever. Like what, what kind of advice coming from someone like yourself that has been on that journey for, for a while and you've kind of found your place and you're finding success in the past and right now? Like what would you say to them? Well, I think the first thing you have to do is you have to um, – you have to like write down or f- just figure out what your goal is. Like, cause that's what we think our goal is. It may not be what our goal is, right? We might think, Oh, we want this, but then we are doing things that are not leading us to that goal because we haven't properly like fleshed out. What do we really want? Right? It's like we, you know, you could say, well, I want to be stronger. Okay. Well, then you have people who want to be stronger, but they're eating hardly any food every day and they're lifting tons of weights and they're not, nothing's happening, right? So the first thing is to flesh out whatever your goal is. And if it's to lose weight, okay, great. Well, 
let's think about something more specific. Like what, what does that mean to lose weight? What does that look like? Is there a body fat percentage? Is there someone that you had in mind that you want to look like realistically online, right? You don't want, you know, we're not going to look like Rich Froning, but we might be able to look like... Speak for yourself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no. But we might be able to look like someone else who we view as fit or healthy that is not so unattainable. Yeah. Um, but that's number one, in my opinion, is find out what your goals really are. I think a lot of people, even that I coach to the gym, their goal is still to lose weight. And I'm like, I'm like dude, you need to be putting on some muscle right now. Yeah. Like, you're at a point... You know, because they're not really losing a lot of weight anymore. You know, they're not the strongest athlete in the gym. And I'm like, okay, well, then you need to focus on putting on some muscle, right? Um, But figure out what that goal is. And then you can decide what's going to work for you. When it comes to nutrition, uh, the number one thing is going to be finding out what is the best plan for you. And it's so cliche and it's not even really an answer, right? Because because we all want to be spoon-fed. Like, okay, okay, uh, podcast world, what you want to do is yeah. this, and that's what it is. But there's that doesn't exist. It's not real, right? Yeah. So when it comes to nutrition, like, I think the best way to do it is, like, first off, start as simple as you possibly can. And that's with controlling your protein, controlling your calories for what your goal is. If you want to lose weight, your calories need to be below maintenance. If you want to, and when you say maintenance, what do you mean? So maintenance, yeah, maintenance are is the calories or the calorie range that you need to maintain your current body weight, right? So if if during the day you are moving around and plus your body's processes, it's say it's twenty five hundred calories. So if mm-hmm. you eat twenty five hundred calories, you stay two hundred and forty pounds. Like if you're two forty right. and you're eating twenty five hundred calories, that's what you're talking maintenance. So yeah, calories. yeah. And, and that, again, is different for everybody. Yeah. And it's kind of a moving target. Like, it's not really exactly 200 or, 2000 or 2,500 calories. It's like a range, right? It might yeah. be 24 to 26. Yeah. That is your maintenance. So, and finding that number um, takes a little bit of trial and error. But usually what I tell people is take your goal weight. Well, not even your goal weight. Take your current weight, multiply it by 15, right? And then... Eat that number in calories, right? So if you are 200 pounds and you want to find out what um, your maintenance is, you would take the 200, right? You would multiply that by 15, and I'm going to cheat and use a calculator, and that's 3,000. That's yeah. pretty sad I had to do that, but... No, you're good. Um, but that'd be 3,000 calories, and that's just a, a baseline, Yeah. Okay. And then from there, you can easily manipulate. If your goal is to lose weight, then you want to maybe take down about 10% and see what happens, right? If you want to gain muscle, you go up by about 10% and see what happens. Um, And then, yeah, making sure that your protein is in line as well. And that is usually just a 0.8 to 1 gram of protein per pound of body weight. Unless you're obese, and at that point, you want to find out what your body fat percentage is, or at least a guesstimate, and eat based off of that instead. So if you weigh 300 pounds, and you're guessing that your your lean body mass is about 200, then again, you want about 200 grams of protein. Of your protein. So beyond that, and, and the reason why I focus on those two things is because protein is going to help you to build, gain, maintain muscle, right? So whatever state that you're in, if you're trying to lose weight, it should help you maintain your muscle. If you're trying to gain muscle, you need to eat enough protein to make sure that you have enough for, for, uh, you know, muscle synthesis, building of new muscle fibers and things. Um, and then maintenance, of course, if you want to just maintain your weight, you want to maintain everything that you have. So when, and protein also has, because of the thermogenic effect of food, protein actually makes you burn more calories in the day, right? Cause yeah, and people don't understand that. It. It's interesting. You know, it can be up to like 10% of the protein calories are just burned up just by processing the protein, which is pretty interesting. I think it's 10%. Maybe don't quote me on that, but BioLane knows. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> yeah, good with stuff. Yeah, Lane Norton and his, yeah. yeah. Which, uh, I mean, even like Stan Efforting, because um, I think they have very different thoughts on mm-hmm. as far as what's okay to eat and why, or maybe not, I don't know. 
you can't even say anything for fact nowadays because everyone's going to fact check you. Oh, and, yeah. They'll fact check yeah. the crap out of you. And that's why – and maybe, maybe along with that, that's why I think it's, it's so important to keep it so simple that yeah. it's like, look, everyone can agree with this. Yep. And then whatever you choose to do beyond that, well, that's kind of personal preference. Yeah. So it, if uh, – you know, we talk about if you were eating keto and if that was a thing that was going to work for you, then you would take your protein, your calories – and you'd only have about 25 grams of carbs and the rest is fat yeah. or more protein if you want that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to do like a mixed approach, you know, you might have like your 200 grams of protein, like 50 grams of fat and like 200 grams of, of uh, carbohydrates. It just depends on what, what feels best to how you, you would like to eat. Yeah. And yeah. what your fitness goals are. Yeah, that's you true know, too. I mean, you've got Mark Bell who his cardio doesn't look like our cardio just because we've chosen kind of the functional fitness. The path of pain. Yeah, the path of pain. <laughs> now, that being said, that guy w- lifts more than I will ever lift. Oh, yeah. And he eats nearly zero carbohydrates. Yeah. Now, you take someone in the functional fitness world, the CrossFit world, they just need carbohydrates. You know, they, mm-hmm. or do they? Well, which <laughs> is interesting. Um, speaking of cross, I mean, uh, whose podcast was I listening to? But Dave Castro was on there and he actually was talking about, oh, Ethan Suplee. I don't, I don't even know who that I is. I think that's who I'm thinking about. Um, he's, uh, you know, the guy from the Titans, a huge fat guy. Oh, yeah. Who's yeah. like, he's like, like jacked now. <laughs> He's ripped, but he's awesome. I think it was his podcast. Um, or you know what? No, it was Mark Bell's. It was Mark was Bell's there, podcast, right? and Dave Castro was on there. Who was the uh, what was the official title of there? He's like the games. Yeah, he's the director of the CrossFit okay. Games. Uh, now that you're talking, I know what you're. T- I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he was saying like 75 carbs a day. He well, he was saying that, and he officially said it that low carb was like the CrossFit diet now. Yeah, and. I mean, say what you want, right? Because here's yeah. another thing. We could just start picking them apart, you know, for sure. and we could say, oh, well, he's just a shill for CrossFit because they pay his bills, you know, yeah. who knows? But the thing is about it is like maybe someone can do well on that low of carbs for CrossFit, but it doesn't appear that way from what yeah. we know about nutrient metabolism, things like that. But at the same time, if that's going to be perfect for somebody and they like to eat that way, yeah. then they should do that. Absolutely. You know, it's it's not. Well, and maybe good. maybe yeah. some of these CrossFit Games athletes that are high carb right now, mm-hmm. once their CrossFit Games days are over, they will be going more low carbohydrate mm-hmm. to maintain the same body fat percentage or near the same body fat percentage mm-hmm. later on. I don't, I don't know. Who knows? And maybe maybe not. But yeah. I mean I, I think there there is definitely enough science behind low carb that if you're a large corporation like CrossFit, you can say that and get away with it mm-hmm. because there's science behind it. Now that being said, there's still science behind high and carbohydrate like Lane Norton says. You can find the science yeah. that you want. You oh yeah, you can find thirty different peer-reviewed articles yeah. on the same topic that contradict each other. It's exactly. like, well, so what is the reality? And the reality is, in my opinion, is that the only optimal thing is the thing that works for you. Yeah. And that's it. Period. Yeah. And if anyone is trying to sell you on, like, this is the only way to do it, then they're lying to you or they're trying to make money off you. Yeah. That's my opinion. Or they've found what works for them and then they want exactly. to push that on what works for others. Exactly. Which I've probably been guilty of at some point in my life. I'm different oh, now. Yeah. I but... think everyone has who's tried to get into the the coaching whatever sphere because yeah. you say, oh, well, this anecdotal evidence that I have for myself yeah. is going to work for other people. And I actually did that because I, mm-hmm. I went and got my, my precision nutrition yeah. level one, PN1, whatever they want to call mm-hmm. it. And uh, I started trying to coach some people. This is like when I was really like wanting to transition my career into something in the health field. And and what uh, ended up happening is, you know, I was young and stupid. And I was like, well, these people need to be on keto because I just lost 170 pounds or whatever on keto. So that's what they need to do. And I found out very quick that 
it just wouldn't work for some people. Yeah. It just wouldn't because some people wanted to have their bread or whatever it might yeah. be. And it's like, are we really going to cut, you know, try to, you know, slice hairs? What's that word? Slice hairs? Split, yeah. split hairs. Split hairs. That's the one. Are we really going to try to split hairs about like 100 calories of bacon versus 100 calories of bread? Like, yeah. what are we doing? Yeah. I like that. I think the that, sustainability is even yeah. you know Stan Efforting who he talks about how I really like his stuff because yeah. it's compliance you know, having, is the science. Yep, compliance is the science. Having a certain amount of micronutrients in the day, and then mm -hmm. depending on your physical activity, you can change that vertically. You know, as far as carbohydrates and all of that go. Yeah. But he talks about how all biomarkers like blood work and your pulse and your blood pressure and your resting. Uh, or sorry, your fasting, blood glucose, all mm -hmm. of those markers get better just when we lose body fat. Exactly. doesn't matter how you lose that body fat. You lose it, and all of a sudden, everything gets better. Mm -hmm. And so that personalized approach, I really like that. Yeah. Which is tough because sometimes, like when I coach people individually, sometimes it'll be months before we figure out what is optimal for them. And they're like, wait, I thought you were just going to tell me what to do. It's yeah. like, well, but that's – if I tell you what to do, you're not learning. Yeah. You might do it, but then what happens later on when things change? Because we're always, we're always changing. I think that coaches, especially like uh, health, nutrition, wellness coaches right now, are in a, it's a really weird spot because I think there's a transition going on right now where people are getting away from the idea of like – I just want this one size fits all thing, right? And they're starting to understand a little more that like what we're talking about, where, hey, we need to individualize this. It's not gonna be maybe this is exactly what you do. I'm gonna give you more like some, some guidelines to follow instead, rather than me giving you a, a carbon copy yeah. thing. And the problem is with that, I think for, for health coaches is that there's a lot more room for the client to to mess up, right? To because they're not following a strict thing. Yeah. I think that they're like, well, wait, I have to rely on myself. And there's a learning process. So I shouldn't say maybe mess up, but there's a learning process that goes with that. And in the world of of Instagram, where we want to see these results, like my client lost 32 pounds in a week. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yep. In in that world. It's extremely hard, I think, for someone who has a more common sense, long-term approach with health coaching to to gain traction quicker, yeah. you know, because people just want results. That's what we talked about. Like, yeah. People just want the here and now. They want to lose the 10 pounds in a week. They want all that stuff. And if they don't see that, then they think it doesn't work because yeah. they've been trained for so long that, that you can lose tons of weight really quickly. You know, they've been trained for so long that, that carbohydrates are bad. Or that meat is bad, or that fat is bad. Take your pick. Yeah. You know? The sun is bad. Yeah. The sun will give you skin cancer. Oxygen is terrible for your lungs. <laughs> but yeah, it's just there's there's so much false information out there and so many people trying to make a buck rather than actually improve someone's life that the entire world of, of health and wellness has just been distorted into a bunch of nonsense. Which is a shame. It is. It's it's so tough because people will say it. They're just like, what is, what diet do I need to follow? Because I don't know. There's so much information out there. And you're like, you're right. There is so much. And I don't know. Yeah. Like, is it the Mediterranean diet? Maybe. Is it paleo? That's how I lost all my weight was was paleo. Yeah. Um, I, but I don't, I don't know what works for you is what works. And you know the problem with saying that is is that people think you don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> That's true. Because you're like, well, you know, whatever works for you. Like yeah. they're, cuz they're thinking, "Oh, this expert yeah. is going to tell me exactly what I want." Yeah. And it's like, "No." Like, yeah. Because when I when I coached a couple people a couple years ago, I told them right off the bat, I'm like, "Look, my goal is to get it so so you don't need me yes. in a couple months." Yep. Like, I don't you know, if I'm still having to coach you in a year, then I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. You know, and and yeah, people don't want that. They just want to have their hands held. 
But but if you tell somebody, like we could tell somebody exactly what to do, and if they did exactly what we said, it would work for them. Mm-hmm. You know, you could put someone on a low carbohydrate diet, and you could make them lose body fat, and you can get people hypocaloric and mm-hmm. make them lose body fat. Oh yeah. But then all of a sudden, when there's you know no compliance to something or life has changed a little bit and then it gets too hard and then uh, I have I need to you know I need to be done with this or this just isn't working for me here it, it ends up to where we need to be figuring out a long-term fix for them and from the very beginning know that it's a long process yeah if absolutely it, if it took us 10 years to get there maybe it's going to take us 10 years to get back there yeah absolutely and the thing is like when you tell when you tell a client exactly what they want and you say follow this and like you said we could we could put them hypocaloric yeah we can put you on fifteen hundred calories a, exactly. a day you'll be losing weight I promise yeah. but then when they do something stupid right these are the same coaches who who will guilt trip or put on all this negativity of like oh you know you just should have you gotta stick to the plan you gotta do this and what does that reinforce all these negative yeah habits. Exactly. Of guilt. There should be no, there just shouldn't be guilt when it comes to eating. Like you should be able to separate, and this is hard, right? It's so hard. It is so hard to separate, to detach yourself emotionally from the stuff you're putting in your face. Yeah. Like yeah. that's extremely difficult, but that should be the goal of everybody. Otherwise, what? You eat a brownie and then you just go off the rails and eat like. And that's what we all do. And that's what we all do. Yeah. It's. Well, hey, I've been so good today, but because I had two pieces of pizza, now I'm going to have the entire pizza and both brownies. Well, shout out to Dorza, though, because I love their pizza. Shout out to Dorza. I love their brownies. But, I mean, that's exactly what happened the other day is we're just like, hey, it's been a long day. We're going to grab some pizza. And I told myself, like, I will have half a brownie, and I'm going to have two pieces of pizza. And then as soon as I did it, I was like, well, I might as well have some more because, you know. I already ate. but that's such a bad mentality and I know it like that's the thing is I know these things but then you come down to this personal responsibility part of it and I think instead of just demonizing these foods and demonizing what we're doing instead we need to say you know I actually had a sweet potato and I had eggs today and then I had buffalo meat for lunch I had a lot of really good things through the day that's good for my body mm-hmm the pizza was not bad for my body until I overate the pizza. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think uh, I think people need to know, like anyone who's listening to this, like everyone has the same problem. Like this is not – because people are out there struggling with weight like me or whoever else. And it's like, look, everyone has this issue. Even the people you see who are like competition bodybuilders, they probably have the worst health habits of anyone. And it's in a different way. It's not like they're overeating, but they're eating so little, right? And they are, you know, they are just as food obsessed as the 350-pound guy down the road, you know? And I think that goes along with the idea that, that there's so much guilt involving food is that you look at the people who are, who are super fit and, you know, they, they, never, they never make a mistake. We have these weird expectations like they're perfect when in reality they're not. Yeah. But... Well, and they have the same mental struggles. Exactly. You know, they, they, I work with this guy, and I, I love him. He's, he's such a good guy. He's so funny. He's like, I've been eating like crap all day. But his eating like crap is half the food that I'm eating like crap. So, you know, he'll have a bowl of cereal, and it's like a scoop of ice cream. And he's like, oh, I'm eating so bad. M- mine's like a full bowl of ice cream, and I'm like, oh, I'm eating so bad. So it's so, it's so relative. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so subjective as well. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's a wild world. I just think that um, people need to be less harsh on themselves when it comes to this. They need to seek out objective information and go from there and stop, stop like feeding into all this. Like, I don't want to call it misinformation. It's just. I mean, yeah, it is. It is misinformation. It is misinformation. Yeah. So, I mean, whether the person giving it is intending to misinform or not, it's the same. Yeah. And most people probably have good intentions. I think you know, so. You know, if yeah. like take Sean Baker, for example. He is 100% carnivore. You should just eat meat. And here's all the health benefits. Why? Mm-hmm. 
I think he has good intentions. I mean, it, he's seen it for himself. He's seen it help Michaela Peterson. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's helped people. So I think the intentions are good. Now, there, there might be some financial incentive there, mm-hmm. which then will skew data and skew anecdotal evidence. And, yeah. But it all began with good intentions. Mm-hmm. So for the most part, it's good intentions, unless you're willing to fake data to make money, in which case you're a douchebag. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know where, I mean, it's, it's just such a murky topic, you know, because you have on the other side of Sean Baker, you have all the vegan yeah. people who are, you know, everyone thinks that the opposite side is insane. Yeah. You know? And then <laughs> people in the middle are just like, Okay, yeah. you know it's like the libertarians of the nutrition world. It's like y'all are nuts, man. <laughs> well, living on the fringe is just—it's probably that's the dangerous part. Hmm. That's why it's tough to say, "Hey, carnivore is the only way to go." Hey, vegan is the only way to go. Well, how about just knowing that eating hypercalorically and gaining body fat is the dangerous way to go, or eating too hypocalorically, and so you have zero visceral fat mm-hmm. you know that that's the dangerous way to go yeah. like living the middle ground you kind of can't go wrong yeah well i mean you go you go on the fringes if you're extreme in any way it's uh you tend to be like the the target of a lot of people too because you're it's easy pickings right yeah it's like oh well this guy just said that only meat yeah like and that gains you followers on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's the other tough part is you become Carol Baskin. <laughs> uh, nobody wants to become Carol Baskin. No. But, but in a way, that, that is what gets her followers. Hmm. It's not okay to have a tiger. Yeah. It's not okay to have any carbohydrates. Well, no, it might be okay to have a tiger and it might be okay to have carbohydrates. <laughs> You're not going to die. But the tigers will. <laughs> uh, the tigers will, but you won't. No. Well, I, I appreciate your perspective on all of it because really the uh, the long-term, just being patient with yourself and finding exactly what works for you, mm-hmm. I think is the important part. And, and really in all of the all of the podcasts that I've done with different people over time, it seems like that's the sustainable thing yeah. is finding what works for you. You know, what works for Stan Efforting, what works for Sean Baker, uh, what works for Christy Nickel, you know, the code red lady, um, what is consistent over time. And that's where people find success is being yeah. patient with themselves over time. Yeah. I think, um, that's a growing trend too. Um, we talked about Lane Norton, and yeah. he, uh, I wouldn't say he's like started it, but he's kind of, he's kind of put the science behind the whole, quote, if it fits your macros yeah. thing, which is really what we're talking about. Because people who are doing keto are doing macros. People yeah. who are doing, or vegan are doing macros. Yep. It's just their macros are different, you know? They're not eating whatever they want, or technically they are eating whatever they want, but it's within whatever they would like to eat. Yeah. And it's hypocaloric. Yeah, and That's it's hypocaloric. And uh, I think it's a, the growing trend is having this kind of evidence-based, um, objective view, you know, peer studies backing yeah. it and everything, saying, "Look, this is what we know," and that's really what it is. You know, like yeah. what I described is protein. Get your calories figured out, and then eat what you want. And if you can get, um, you know, highly nutritious stuff in there, nutrient-dense things like, you know, broccoli or whatever vegetables you like to eat, awesome. If that's going to somehow screw it up for you, then don't do that right now. Yeah. You can do it eventually. It's okay. You got years. Yeah. You know, I know there's some athletes in the gym now who who are younger who struggle with some things with like guilt and, you know, oh, I did this, I did that. And I'm like, I'm like, look, you're like 12 years younger than me. Yeah. You know. You have so much time to figure this out. Don't rush it and just yeah. you know, blow yourself up and then come back when you're 40 and be like, Oh, I really got to do this again now. Yeah. You know, slow incremental changes. That's the only way to do it. Yeah. I like that. Cool. Well, if people, um, have questions for you, how do they find you? Um, well, Instagram is at lift.sing.eat. 
That's your tag that you... I love it. <laughs> I have done very little uh, lifting or singing on there, but I have done some eating. <laughs> but uh, no, you can find me there. Um, that's like all I have. I just downloaded TikTok. Oh, yeah? Does so that now that the official millennial? Well, or? no, it means that China sees everything that you do now. China. China. <laughs> Billions of people in China it's not are now seeing what you're doing. It comes from China. China. But yeah, you can find me there. Um, of course, if you're at Teton CrossFit, you can always hit me up whenever. If you have my number, cool. If not, get it from someone who does. But Sweet. I love talking about this and giving advice. And I know it's weird to get advice from a fat guy, but I've been there, done that a million times. So That's awesome. No, <laughs> I, I think I would much rather get advice from someone who has been in it and knows it. You know, it, it's tough. It, I don't want this to sound like a jerk, but I'm not going to go get financial advice from a really poor person. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, Incomest, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pure capitalist here. No, it's just um, if, if that person has made, you know what I'm saying? Like you've been in it. You know how to lose it. Yeah. You've been on both sides. I would much rather get advice from someone who's been in it and been in the trenches and know what's going on yeah. than to get advice from someone who's just, they've just kind of naturally been fit their entire life. So all of a sudden I can be your expert. I'm yeah. just, I'm personally not going to listen to that person. Um, you have good insight and you've been there. I would much rather get my advice from you. Yeah. I think, um, just to wrap up, I know we're getting, getting there, but, um, I would just, I would just like for people not to make the same mistakes that I have with all this, and I feel like, you know, it takes a lot. Might take a long time or your whole life to find what your calling is, right? And it took CrossFit to figure out what mine was, and that is just to help other people enjoy their lives to to get the most out of their life that they can. And I genuinely think that wellness, overall wellness, is the key to having a a worthwhile existence on this planet. Whatever that might be, maybe someone needs help with mental health, maybe someone needs help losing weight or being more active. Whatever that, that piece is, if you're not happy with yourself, whatever, that's gonna be the key for it, I think. I like that, so. I like it, well thank you. Yeah. That's cool. I appreciate it, All and right, uh, let's do this again soon. <laughs>